keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs. These are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Turgeon from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Rob, and I'm Creeping It Real. And, and episode 31. 31. We're kicking it off with an awesome guest. Super excited. We've got Matt from Peach State Pythons. How are you doing tonight, man? Doing fantastic. Glad to be here. Drum roll and everything. Test run. We're feeling good. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I leave it there's, all up there's to Jeremy. A, there's a good energy in here. I don't know if you guys feel it. Oh, I, I feel, feel it. it. I'm feeling it right now. That's called Taco Bell. No, no, no Jeremy, no. <laughs> so, Matt, for the people who might not know uh, who you are or like the kind of what you do, how did you get your start in reptiles? Are you like a lifelong reptile fan or something that you got into a little bit later? For those who don't know you, where did you get your start? Uh, so I got to go lifelong on this. Hell yeah. Um, so I've got to go way back. Um I guess when you're growing up, you like something. I don't know, Cowboys, Indians, Army. You know, I'm talking little when I was young. And I was a dinosaur guy. Yeah, and, hell yeah. Yep, okay. So I even had second or third grade, can't remember what age, had a dinosaur birthday party. I was rocking my Tyrannosaurus Rex shirt. Mm. Um, so it, that's kind of where it started. And so I got to also touch on this. I was living in Alaska at the time. Whoa. And I think this Damn. is where it like, yeah, this is where it kind of like grew because – there's no reptiles in Alaska. So as I'm maturing into the fourth grade era, mm. you start moving away from dinosaurs and maybe start getting into the, the, the real animals. And so I just kind of had this fascination with the reptiles. Then we go from Alaska, move to Georgia, and I can just go outside and flip over some rocks and there's a reptile. And so I grew up kind of like being fascinated by them reading about them and now i can actually go catch my own <laughs> and it, it was wild and I, I remember we moved to georgia and my mom there's this pond that she'd go walk around she's like matt you know we're gonna take you with me today i went over there and there was turtles swimming which isn't anything crazy but i lost my mind because i'd never seen that there's like it's like mom there are 20 turtles out there <laughs> and so from there it just snowballed um you know, I, I went to the uh, school of fourth grade, moved to school. My dad was in the military, so moved around a lot. And um, mm. they had like three reptile books. And uh, I think you guys are my age-ish. You have the, you check it out, check out the book, and you write on the index card, yep, right? Yep, yep, yep. And, yep. Uh, and it was like, Matt Bowers, Matt Bowers, Matt Bowers. Yep. <laughs> check it out. Anyways, for some reason, never grew out of it. I uh, was always keeping So, yeah, so since I moved to Georgia, about fourth grade, I've always kind of kept them. Um, and then as I... Uh, an adult and I can have more it kind of you know how how it goes it goes from four to eight to 40 somehow <laughs> more yeah. that's that's pretty accurate <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So, you know uh, yeah, yeah one so, two seventy you know, you know? Yeah. right and uh, so yeah I guess you go ahead and mark me down as a lifer hell yeah that's yeah, awesome I, I definitely had that similar thing where I was super into dinosaurs when I was really little and I had dinosaur birthday parties and all that sort of stuff. Nice. And uh, I, I, even to this day, uh, one of my friends, Kyle, he actually works in paleontology. And whenever he comes out and visits, he's like, you're one of the only person that can like actually talk dinosaurs with me. And I'm like, I used to be so into that stuff. And I, right? I, I haven't lost a lot of it. I still retain a lot of it. 
I knew there's a lot of similarities between us, Rob. Yeah. yeah man. <laughs> the, so the synergies there. Yeah. You know, I, I told you I had that. I uh, dreamed about you one night. I mean, there's something there. Maybe it's the dinosaur thing. I don't know. Same wavelength. We're there. Yeah. That'd be it. <laughs> so what? It, what does your collection look like now? I know you keep a pretty good variety of different things. So you post some Pituophis today, and you're big into the retics and the berms, and, and you even have some ball pythons and stuff. So what? What does your uh, collection look like now? I think you just I think you just did it. Just did it. <laughs> Way to go, Rob. Sorry. Right, yeah. So nailed it. Uh, good research. Knowing who you're talking to. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, started out with berms, and uh, so I got into the berms um, when you before the Lacey Act opened up, and Georgia had kind of, in a sense, dried up a little bit with the berms. There's a few here and there, and I just kind of made it a mission to get them. Uh, then, you know, there's only so many available. Then I, so I grabbed a couple of ball pythons, uh, got into that a little bit. Um, I kind of had retics forced on me. Hmm. Um, my brother had two, and then he got a job in Florida, so he couldn't take them with him. Mm-hmm. So he said, here, Matt, have them. And mm-hmm. I liked them, but I never really took that dive into them. And once I had those two, I really kind of fell in love with the retics. So I started picking up some of those and um, – you know, it just it evolves. You start liking other things, and um, so yeah. So then I I got a got a couple bull snakes. I uh, just wanted some kind of bigger colubrids, um, and then I've got the Borneos. Hell yeah! Which uh, me oh. and Rob bond on. Oh um, yes, you've got some so, super uh, yeah. nice Borneos. Yes, and uh, so yeah, that's it. So uh, ball pythons, berms, retics, uh, sprinkle a little uh, bull, uh, bull snake in there. Uh, I did. I will say I scooped up recently dabbling putting my toes in the water a little locality boa stuff oh all right so yeah did give me a cool little pair of uh bolivians oh nice uh, yeah hell yeah oh, bolivians are oh. awesome they're pretty neat man um so we'll see what you know where that goes but um yeah that's that's pretty much it hell yeah dude. I, I, I love bolivians they're just so beautiful the amarali are like i'm not big on boas but they're one yeah. of the few ones that i like actually really like yeah, I think it's the short tail thing, right? Yep, like it's got to be. It's got to be. <laughs> short tail boas. But you know what? I also like the longicottas, the long tail boas too. So it just can't be yeah. standard tail length. It's got to be super long or really right. short. Yeah. <laughs> it's a spectrum, no medium. <laughs> it's like the scrubs. They got these super long tails, and then the short tails. They got these like little tiny nubby tails. So uh-huh. nothing in the regular tail range. <laughs> That's. You have a ball python. I do have a couple ball pythons. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna hide they it. They got a shorter tail though. They, that's true. Little, yeah, yeah, that's kinda, true. Yeah. That's true. And then true. I got the corn snakes. So those are the corn snakes okay. are your middle of the Very ground. Average. That's where okay. you balance it out. Yeah. All right. So you've got you've got both sides and the and the middle. Yes. So all right. It's still covered. <laughs> covered. You're still yep. covered. <laughs> oh man. So I gotta ask. Uh, so you started kind of with the berm thing. What was your draw to berms? I'm specifically asking this because uh, Rob loves berms. No. No. <laughs> okay, interesting. That's the yeah. one place where we differ. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's I'm... interesting because I don't know many people who don't like the berms. Me. Uh, because, <laughs> to go to the question, um, how I ended up with the berm, um, uh, so... I don't, all right, so I, sometimes I tell a lot of stories. But um, so back in the day when I first started going to Repticons, there wasn't a ton of shipping. I, I guess you could have shipped. I didn't know. But anyways, so like it was exciting to go, 
because it's like, all right, I'm looking for this. I hope they have it. Like I remember mm. in 2001, so I'm in Atlanta. We drove all night to go to a Tampa Repticon because yeah. I wanted a, a certain on boat. And so we rode 10 hours to get there, got it, and drove home. But um, anyway, so now when you go to uh, a show, you you can kind of, if you see something like, all right, well, let me research and you can, you know, get it later. So it's not that impulse and that excitement. Right, right. So I said, all right, I'm going to Repticon and I, I like the berms. I like the normals. So, and you know, you couldn't ship. So it kind of brought back the nostalgia of it's here. You got to get it now because you can't go order it later. Right. Mm. So I got one and they're just, it was just so laid back and so chill and just, it, it's like, it didn't care. Um, about anything and so i was like man that's pretty neat and then i kind of stumbled upon what the hypos looked like and it just blew my mind so i was like all right found one in georgia and allegedly it was like one of two mm. um i'm sure there was more but that just gives you an idea there wasn't many here so I, I ended up hustling that one down and um i ended up getting another one right after that but anyways this the third one i got i know i was the sixth owner in six months so wow. they just oh, kind of wow. got passed around, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like I got them, and uh, she was just still just so laid back and so easygoing. And you just – it just – you think about what it had been through, which I don't know how well it was taken care of. Probably well, but somebody didn't want it, and then somebody else didn't want it. And then you know how it goes, and then it ended up here and just – I don't know. It, was like, it seemed like it was just so forgiving, like All right, wherever you all put me, I'm going to be good. And that's mm. where I just fell in love with the berms. Like I said, Georgia kind of dried up with them, so I was like, well, you know, this might be something I could pursue and kind of get a nice little stock going here. Um, yeah, and I guess, yeah, that's kind of how it just evolved, and I just I kind of saw some nuances in the patterns and stuff I might could line breed and work with, kind of like with, like, the Borneos. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, yeah, I just uh, one of those things that kind of hits you a certain way, and you, you run with it. Hell, yeah. That's that's cool. Usually it's usually it's uh, I just wanted a big snake. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I can certainly appreciate that even more. Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, the the berms definitely got a bad rap from like a lot of the people who kept them in the like you know late '90s, early 2000s, and uh, now there's some people who are doing a lot more work with a lot of the morphs, mutations, kind of working on breeding the best of the best. And it's not that, you know, factory. Like, back in the day, yes. albino Burmese pythons used to get cranked out. Like, yeah. and normals, you could get them for, like, 60, 70 bucks, and albinos for, like, 125 bucks, which is, like, wow. crazy. For, like, a big right? snake, you'd think that you wouldn't want them to be that cheap. They shouldn't be, you know, that accessible to most people because they do get big. Um, mm -hmm. And now I think it it's a little bit different, especially with the Lacey Act kind of scaring a lot of the bigger breeders from, uh, from really cranking them out. Uh, mm. now that there's people who are just working on kind of doing what you're doing, it kind of commands a little bit more respect for them to the buyer because they're not looking at a 50 or $75 snake. They're looking to make a little bit right. more of an investment. And I think that that plays a huge role into who's getting them now, as opposed to who was getting them. And, you know, when I was growing up, yeah, because I knew a lot of people in my area that had got Burmese pythons because I wanted a big snake. And I was uh -huh. just like, I don't like that. <laughs> right. You know, and you, it's interesting you say that because there's, there really should be some type of barrier to entry. Like we've got to keep these things, these snakes, the retics, these animals that are going to get bigger at some point where somebody has to kind of 
I don't know, do a, do a double take on do I want to spend that money to get this thing? And I think that, you know, that one that I had that had six owners, I think that's kind of what happened. Somebody wanted a big snake and it got there. They're like, well, hell, what am I going to do with this thing? Yeah. And so somebody else like, well, I'll take it. And they get it for a little bit and they're like, oh, this is a little different than I thought. And it just gets passed around. Yeah. Um, somebody just wants rid of it. So they do it cheap or whatever. Um, yeah, that barrier entry is pr- pretty important, keeping that price up. Um, yeah, because they are going to get big. Yeah. They're a little yeah. cumbersome at times. For yeah. sure. And at, at Nerd, that's kind of one thing that I decidedly uh, uh, chose when I started doing a lot of the sales there was that I'm not selling uh, normal retics for anything under $200 because I think that at, yes. at 150 and under, people will just kind of buy it on an impulse. Usually if it's yep. 200 or over, they at least put a little bit of thought mm-hmm. into what I'm going to do with it, how I'm going to feed it, what I'm going to do to take care of it. And I get a yeah. lot of people who will call us and they'll say, can you just do it for 100 because I know that they're, I can buy them cheaper elsewhere. And I'm like, if you want to buy it from somebody else, then you do that. But I yep. I have that price for a reason, and I haven't budged from it. I, I've tried yeah. to keep to that if it's even just a straight normal – 200 bucks or more is where I try and keep it at. It just makes people think a little bit more before they bu- hit that buy button, you know? That's Yeah, I like that. I like that play. That's smart. Because yeah. it is, you know, when you're selling these things, you know, I, I decent year in, in retics, and people will, <clears throat> you can kind of tell the messages of people who are just trying to impulse, you know, on the wording. Sometimes it's like, you know, you got to do what's right by the animal too, you know, and that price point's a big, you know, uh, diversion. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, any if you can get that person to recognize that what they're about to embark on is not not as yes. simple as that little ball python. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's, what's really challenging about it is baby retics are the sweetest, most amazing things. You fall in love with them. Yeah. But they're going to get a little bigger. They're going to have a little bit of a feeding response. Yeah. It's not quite as cute when they get a little bigger. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly suddenly your arm is the cute fluffy thing that that right. thing wants to grab yeah uh-huh. yeah you'll you'll realize that real quick yeah. <laughs> i i think that uh that's something that's kind of changing now as we're going is that a lot of people are seeing that and it's some some of the people are just like oh i started with ball pythons and now i want to get retics and it's like it's not the same. It's super duper not the same. It's mm-hmm. like saying, you know, I got a Toyota Corolla and I'm getting a Ferrari next week. It's it's just uh-huh. not the same thing. You need to like do a little bit of research, do a little bit of learning, watch some videos, yep. do something yeah. uh, before mm-hmm. you take that plunge, or maybe get something intermediate to kind of build yourself up to that point. Because right. working with a retic is like nothing like working with a ball python. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Oof. So you, I saw that you were doing some field herping while you're on uh, your your work, like yeah. uh, vacations. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh huh. So did, yeah. Do you do you do a lot of field herping? I mean, I I try during the summertime up here. We only get like what two months of good field herping, and <laughs> then, it's, and then yeah. it's done. So I've been trying this summer. I've actually done a lot of field herping compared to the last like eight years. But uh, I love 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 going out and seeing a lot of the native wildlife that we've got here. Yeah, so I, I try to get out. Um, you know, I, I try to be pretty active anyway. Um, so I do a lot of a lot of hiking. Um, so I try to hurt, but I'll, I'll be real honest. I don't. It's rare that I go out looking for a snake and find a snake. I've majority of the snakes I've caught have been like on a bike ride or driving down the road just randomly. Like I'll go look, <laughs> you know, for four or five hours in just a killer spot. 
and and not see anything and then on the drive home see one um <laughs> but i do try to get out um there's a couple good spots around here um there's one of these uh trails that just goes down to this river and a lot of people hike it but i noticed randomly some tin mm. you know and it's, it's in like a uh, i guess you call it like a nat- natural refuge type place so i'm like they surely don't have like like let people leave trash here so it's got to be there for a reason mm. <clears throat> and then the uh like the park sign says it's had like snake signs by it so i'm like i wonder if they're like tracking or something like that so anyways i go there and and uh piggyback off the, the tin they've laid out and i usually do okay there and then um yeah yesterday i was in arkansas for work and um there's just some open fields and arkansas is a little cooler than georgia so i was like man this is probably pretty ideal Mm. So let's go exploring. There's nothing else to do. So I'd go, I mean, you know, I'm in Springdale, Arkansas. There's nothing going on. So I'm go, to the hotel <laughs> and go to sleep. So let me just walk around and, uh, yeah. Um, saw a couple, I guess they're, uh, we call them banded water snakes here. I imagine mm-hmm. that's what it was. Some type of water, some type of neurodia, um, silt fence, man. If you ever see a silt fence laying down, it's money in the bank. Yep. I always catch snakes under those, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so it was pretty cool. Might as well. Um, you know, while you're at work, go catch you some snakes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. The other day I went to a new spot that I had never been to before. And I was like, I don't really know. Like it was supposed to be just to go hiking, but whenever I go hiking, I'm like, I got to keep an eye out if there's any good field derping spots. So Mm -hmm. we, uh, we kind of looked around there was like a little bog area. So we're hanging out and looking in the water and everything. I see a little painted turtle. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. At least there's something here. It's not just like Uh barren. And, uh, we get over to the trail and we start walking up the trail and there's a little side trail that goes off and I see a tractor in a field and I see these like cement, uh, fireplaces in the field. And I was like, jackpot, I'm going <laughs> right over there. And I uh, I went over there, and I'm with, with my girlfriend, Emily, and uh, I, like, lift up this log, and I'm like, this looks perfect for salamanders. Pop it up, boom, spotted salamander right underneath it. And, like a little baby it. one. And I was like, duh, right there, yes. And she was like, how did you know that that was going to be there? And I'm like, I just know. Herper's intuition. Yeah, Herper's intuition. <laughs> I, I can tell that this is a spot. And it was like later in the day, so I knew there wasn't going to be any snakes there. But going through and looking, I was like, this is perfect for salamanders. And we found a big American toad, too. And uh, what else? We found two or three spotted salamanders and a couple red Fs, which are like the eastern newts, the larval oh, stage cool. of those. I love those. Yeah. They're so cool. And you know, it's I like finding snakes a lot. Like those are probably my favorite thing to find, but I also like finding all the other weird random stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I wish we could find lizards. Yeah, I do, I do wish we could find. <laughs> That's lizards the downfall here, yeah. of being up here in New England. Yes. Really? Yeah, we have no native lizard species Nothing. up here. It gets too cold during winter time. No kidding, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's wild. Yep. That's why anytime I I've ever had the chance to go anywhere that lizards exist, <laughs> I, need to I see geek them. out, yeah. even if it's just like a green anole. I'm like, woo, huh? lizards! Yes. <laughs> right. It was crazy when we did our Florida trip. Um, we went to Zoo Miami. Oh, In the yeah. parking lot, there was like redheaded agamas everywhere yeah. like everywhere no and kidding. i was it took everything for me to not chase them down because i'm like oh man we don't even get to see those like those are like you see them at a reptile expo that's the only place you see any yeah, sort of like yeah, yeah. bigger lizard just chilling that's out pretty cool i was so geeked i was like we're on a time schedule i can't waste my day chasing these animals but look at that one over there <laughs> yeah my brother moved to uh west palm yeah and mm. went down there to see him and and there's a basilisk down there holy moly oh man yeah i was like what is that I mean, you know there's the iguanas 
all over the place too. Like yeah, really yeah. pretty big ones. But yeah, the basilisk was really cool. Uh, just to see one of those pretty big ones too, you know, just to randomly see that again, we were in a parking lot like you were and yeah. <laughs> there's a basilisk right there. Jeez. Pretty wild. I don't know how I'd react to, to seeing that. A basilisk. Out, a yeah. basilisk in a parking lot. I'd be like, so <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> I'd be like, I know it's faster than me. I'm not going to try. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I, de I definitely, when I, whenever I go any place in the southern part of the U.S., I'm like, I need to spend as much time herping as possible because in New England, we only get that two-month window where we where I can find stuff, maybe three months if we're lucky, and then everything goes back into hibernation. And so, like, the whole wintertime, I'm like, wow, I can go outside huh. and find nothing. The earth is dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we kind of have a... Uh... Well, I think some people do pretty well, uh, but there's there's almost the opposite here where it's too hot. Yeah, so you have summer. to go at night mm -hmm. or yeah. like real early in the morning, um, or you'll never see them. Mm. Yeah, I'd rather have that as an option. <laughs> yeah, right? they're still around somewhere. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, I'd still rather have have that as an option. It, that's like yeah. life goal. Yeah. Be in a space where you just have to go earlier in the day. Yeah. <laughs> or so, at night. Uh, let me ask you this. If yeah. I catch a lizard, do I send you a picture so you can live vicariously or is that like rubbing it in? No. Uh it's both. I want to But it. I'm okay with living <laughs> vicariously through you. Yeah, all right, cool. So if I catch one, I'll, I'll shoot y'all a picture of it. Hell yeah. 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 Even if out. you see it far in the distance and have to send us grainy pictures. <laughs> Just don't zooming ask the in. ID. Yeah. <laughs> Those are always oh, the ID pictures that I get. But it's yeah. it's like it's crazy to me cuz like during the winter time in New Hampshire, you know, like uh not last winter but the winter before, we had back-to-back -back blizzard like snowstorms where we got 3 foot of snow each time. So I'm looking outside at like almost 6 feet of snow on the ground Lord and I'm like how do any reptiles live here? Why do they right. live here? Yeah. This is a terrible place to live. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And they're just like, oh, they're probably hiding below the frost line. It's cool. It's cool. And I'm like, no, it's not no, cool. No, it's not. It's not okay. They're it's insulated, okay. man. It's like an igloo. Six yeah. Feet of snow, it just insulates you. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's probably true, actually. Uh, <laughs> I, I just look at them and I'm like, whenever I see them during the summertime, I'm like, how did you make it through winter? Yeah. I almost <laughs> didn't make it through winter. <laughs> and they have to like just gorge themselves in that time because yes. if they're hibernating the rest of the time i assume yep yeah they hibernate like it. six eight months a year yeah wow yeah, yeah easily uh, yeah because like, out of a deal really no nah, no nah, i mean you only got to worry <laughs> about getting up eaten. for that yeah, yeah right <laughs> <laughs> you know i only got to just gorge myself for three months and then i can sleep the rest of the time right yeah, yeah. not <laughs> a bad gig yeah not a bad gig oh. <laughs> so are you still in arkansas right now no Flew oh. back today. Okay, cool. Because I was yep. just going to say, I was looking at, um, I don't know if you know Graham Battison. He's like one of the short tail guys. Uh, but he just made an announcement. It was earlier today that uh, he's been working with some guys who are doing, putting in a big reptile facility called Reptile Gardens. And they just announced that they're going to be putting one in in Texas, Baton Rouge, and in Arkansas. Uh, okay. expanding oh, wow. and making like really some of the largest reptile exhibits in the country. So I'm That's like awesome. super shout out to Graham because he is the man and he is like amazing. Uh, wow. but he's going to be bringing something interesting to Arkansas. So you, next time you go out there, uh, you might oh, get man. to see some cool reptiles. Yeah. That's really cool. Hell yeah. To branch out like that too and do it in three different States. Mm -hmm. That's man. awesome. I'm, yeah, I'm super absolutely. excited to see what direction that goes in. Hell yeah. 
So you've produced some um, some really nice snakes, and for the Borneos, what was it like when you were hatching out your Borneos? What what sort of uh, things were going through your head then? Oh uh, man, that's a good question because there was so much going through my head because you don't really know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I didn't know what was coming out, and then um, half uh, a quarter of their body, let's say, would come out, you know. And I'm like, oh man, because I had used a uh, was it a whiteout, so it had that stripe. So I was like, these things are going to be so striped out. And I was going nuts. And then it comes out a little farther, and the stripe just stops at a quarter of the way. Yeah. And then <laughs> I, I so I'm like, all right, that you know that threw me for a loop. I had one that was like, I don't know if there's some granite-ish going on. You've seen the picture. I don't yeah. know what it is. And then there's like one that's like crazy light. And so there's there's no consistency in these things so yeah that's what's running through my head and that's why i love it you know it's just you don't know what's going to come out you say well this one looks neat let's keep that let's run that try it again um yeah so one of my favorite things and i think it is because it's so all over the place you know i love normal berms but they're gonna look a certain way right there's some variances there's some colors and some pattern differences but like the borneos you just you really don't know Mm-hmm. No, no telling what's gonna come out. There's yep. so much variability to them. Like mm-hmm. uh, Dan Megano and I had paired up to do a, a joint project because he has a male ocelot and I have a female ocelot. And I was like, oh sweet, breed them together and we'll make some crazy looking ocelots. And it's like we produced nope. four visual ocelots, one crazy looking thing that looks like nothing I've ever seen before, and then a <laughs> bunch of like weird striped things. And I was like, that's uh, not really what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, that's what. So when I was, so I'm, I, you know, I really liked the short tails. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, which initial one to go to. And so I'd reached out to Matt, uh, Philly Herps, and mm-hmm. um, was like, hey, and you know, I didn't know a ton about him. I knew this stuff was so nice. I was like, tell me about, you know, the genetics. And he sends this response, and it's very thorough. But I'm reading it, and I'm like, Matt, I don't know what I just read. That's what I I love about it, right? It's not like there's no set answer. So it's like, you know, he's he's dialed it in to kind of what you can't expect. But at the same time, grab something you like, grab one that looks neat, throw them together, and see what comes out. So Mm -hmm. I really like that. And then if you can dial it in like he's been able to do, and and it looks like, you know, Dan and and you as well, Rob, kind of dialed in some things so you can – get it a little more consistent. You can start that line breeding process. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's kind of one of my draws to it too, is I don't have to go that direction Matt went. And when I was, I picked up, uh, I think I got a trio from Matt, but then I wouldn't get any more from him because I don't want to just do what he does. Yeah. I want mm-hmm. some of his and I don't want to pair the trio I got from him altogether. I want to get some other stuff in there so that I'm not just, doing what he does and, and again you know there's no telling what's going to pop out that was my mindset in it at least um, sure. and that's what i really liked about it yeah hell yeah that's i think that there's so much room for that when it comes to borneos because there's so many interesting looks and we're just yep. starting to tap into like what directions you can go in with them because like people have been breeding the red blood pythons for like the morphs and and even for color for 20 30 years now um fairly consistently and the Borneos have kind of been on the back burner. Not as many people have been uh, digging into really seeing where you can go with them. I mean, Keith McPeak did a crazy amount, and Matt Minatola is doing a ton too. Uh, but there's that's like 
pretty much it. There's been a couple people who have done, you know, a lot in there as well. But as far as like really running with things like they've done with the Red Bloods or the Sumatran Short Tails, it just hasn't happened yet. And so that's the part that really draws me to the Borneos because like people are not importing blue ghosts. They're not importing, mm. you know, marbles or, or extreme marbles or ocelots or anything like that. Everything that you do with Borneos is unique to what you're doing. It's not yes. something that, you know, if you've got a T-positive albino or a T-negative albino, they can import another one of those. And golden eyes pop up like all the time. Over the last 10 years, there's been so many wild-caught golden eyes that have popped up from the skin really? trade. Yeah. Uh, so if you've got golden eyes, you're competing with not only the people who are breeding them right now, but also the new stuff that's coming in. Where Borneos, it's like no one is bringing in ocelots. Matt Minotola is not that corner. That's his yeah. thing. Like, and, right. and the extreme marbles. They're not importing marbles or extreme marbles. You know, They're importing normal Borneos or maybe a striped Borneo. Uh, but that's pretty much it. It's not a whole mm -hmm. lot of uh, competition when it comes to importing. Or you know, if people want to start breeding them, they have to buy established stock and get those mm -hmm. genes that they're looking to work with to go from there to build on whatever projects they're looking to get into. So that's one of the things I really like about the Borneos. And that's what kind of keeps me coming back and like just constantly interested in them, you know? Well, you, you brought up a good point. We were talking one morning uh, about uh, the albino. Yes. And, and I was, you know, honestly kind of a little disappointed. Like, well, it's not that bright. And you said, Matt, these are albinos that are from, the mud colored ones out in the wild. Yep. We haven't line bred these and brightened them up and take mm -hmm. the really bright, nice ones that are established here and work in the albino way. And I was like, Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Right? <laughs> just, just another example of how we're just kind of stepping into what the Borneos can actually do. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, you do that for 10 years, you will start seeing that, um, that really brighten up and get, and get the colors that you're seeing in the others. Mm -hmm. I, I think that is what direction that kind of needs to go in with the albino project and like the mocha project. I think sure. that when someone takes it and really puts it into some contrasted animals or some animals with some nice color on their head and, and really yeah. work that in there, I think that they're going to really surprise people with, with how beautiful they can be. So you said just just getting started, man. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's it's really cool to be like on such a ground floor yes. of a project. Mm -hmm. That's that's not just a specific morph because that really isn't a thing um, right. with the Borneos, but as as a species. Yes, there's still so much work that can be done. I I think it's it's definitely cool to be right in there and watching at, it and happen. watching it happen. You know, and that's yeah, that's that because that really isn't able to happen with many other species yeah, with, you know you know people come out with a new ball python morph and everyone's like yeah we know yeah <laughs> there's, there's exactly. another ball python morph yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what i think that the if you really wanted to rattle up the ball python world uh what you'd need to do is take um a morph or a color variant and really work with bringing out the intensity of it so say you got pastels but just work with like the brightest pastels that you can find where when you're producing yeah. them you're producing these crazy yellow things and you're like well it's just a single gene pastel and it blows everyone else's pastels yeah, out of the yeah, water yeah. Right, yeah. um or or you know working with um you know a striped animal that's not necessarily a morph but really getting that stripe dialed in through your breeding and, and just trying to breed that stripe to be nice and clean or, or something like that, you know, where, yeah. where no one can compete with you because they haven't been doing the breeding that you've been focusing on. That's yeah. really the way to take it. Like, uh, I think that they're doing it with the retics. A lot of the guys who work with the tiger retics 
are just trying to breed the ones that are like uh, their back is blown out. So it's not like the the old school tigers that had like the spots, like the spotted stripe down the back. Yeah, They've yeah, got yeah. like a full stripe, almost like a, a super tiger. And that's like more common now where you see a lot of the tigers have really thick stripes down the back, almost like a super. It's that line breeding again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think the that's best good. of the best and do it over time. And it just it evolves into just really incredible animals. Like you said, it's like, this is, well, it's just a single gene. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Just been doing it for a minute. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, what projects are you looking forward to for this upcoming season with, uh, some of your berms or some of your retics? Oh, what's, what's going to be, uh, all right. So good opportunity coming up, um, with, uh, the berm. So I've got in 2017, I produced like this really weird clutch, um, but just things that I hadn't seen before. And I don't know why they look like that. So like, I've got like this really light neon radioactive looking hypo, um, and then, you know, the leopard stuff. So those are all coming of age this year. Mm. Um, I held it. I held a good big back. Um, I don't know how it's going to go. They are, uh, they're not big. Um, so I, I, I don't know if there's some dwarf blood in there or what, but it's going to be really interesting to see. So I'm really excited about that. I've got, um, what do I have? Four or five females that are three, a little over three now. So we'll give them a shot this year. Hopefully they cycle. We'll see if we get something with that. Uh, so that's what I'm really excited about. Um, got some good opportunities with the retics. Um, one of my really, really good friends, um, you know, just decided he was going to go a different direction and gave me an opportunity to take over uh, some of his collection. Um, so that's John Namiglio. Um, oh, and so yeah. I've got, yeah, so I got some of his stuff and like, He's kind of the guy uh, who, who really, I guess, got me into the retics or, or schooled me on it, showed me the nuances. And so I just, he was just this guy and, and he's, an, he's an incredible dude and he did it right. Um, he, he, he got him as babies and everything he got was from the best of the best breeders. Um, so everything's super high end. Um, and, and so we kind of, me and him just kind of formed this relationship and his stuff's so high end. And he'd be like, hey, Matt, uh, you know, do you want this lavender motley produced by Herz Eric Herzog? And I'm like, well, you know, I, I got a cage open. You know, how much you want for it? And he's like, you can have it. And just, just, his stuff was oh, so wow. high end that he's giving me these incredible animals because he doesn't have room for some stuff that, you know, is $1,000, $2,000 animal. So that's just the type of guy John was. And so anyways, he just really had this eye for getting incredible animals. And so – I've been fortunate enough to be able to take that over. And um, so there's some cool retake stuff I'm going to be able to do. I've got a couple calicos, you know, don't know what they're going to end up doing. Mm -hmm. um, got this really weird um, guy. Was it produced up there at Nerd? Uh, the Golden Child Orange Ghost Stripe that's like speckled. Um, yeah, the calico. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So I've got that snake. So that's going to be neat. I don't know. So yeah, so just got some cool retake stuff going on. Um, but the berms would be what I'm really excited about because that is kind of uh, what I would call, like we talk about the line breeding, um, just something that I, I fell on. Uh, this one snake looked really neat, and I just followed it past a couple owners, so I had an opportunity to get it. And then there was this other one, the male, that's that super light. Uh, basically, this this pet store here, who's, uh, they bred, and 
they the owner um said come check out they had a caramel which we didn't have any caramels in georgia they said check it out see if you want it so i went over there didn't want it but they had this snake that was basically really high priced and that was basically because it wasn't for sale well the owner wasn't there that day so i told the guy wrap it up i'm taking it home because i'm the guy that's silly enough to pay that much for it so uh, <laughs> anyways it turned out really well for me and i really was waiting for them to reach out and be like hey man you bring that snake back but they didn't and uh, so anyway so i'm excited about the burns because this is two snakes that i just kind of they caught my eye i put them together weird stuff popped out now we get to see how much farther it can go um so that's what i'm most fired up about um i don't really have i don't guess anything else really going on the borneos um don't have anything going on with them this year um so yes yeah, so it's really just the berms and the retics and I, I i'm known for uh sneaking a ball python clutch in about every other year recently <laughs> well um don't know how to pull that off my, my methodology with the uh ball pythons is i say what would be the worst pairing what would nobody put together and then i do that <laughs> and it's actually turned out pretty well for me. Uh, I got a world's first on one of them, uh, mm. which is just weird. Um, and uh, something nobody would ever put together. That's probably why it's a world's first. And then um, <laughs> this year I had one clutch. They were just really pretty snakes. Hell yeah. That's I, I think that, that really is the key. I, I was talking to a, a buddy of mine not too long ago, and we were, we were just talking about – uh, kind of where ball pythons have, have come and, and where they're going now. And I'm like, man, you know, we're so, we were just talking about this and we were recording another episode, just kind of like what, as social media progresses uh, and so many people are showing off their stuff, one of the things that has remained true for the better part of the last decade has been the most publicized videos of the reptile industry are often here's how to be a ball python breeder. Yeah. And right. here's like the coolest stuff you can make. And, and I was like, while it's totally cool to see, um, you know, some crazy whacked out combos of some really high end morphs, um, you know, the people that are sold out to just producing pretty snakes, you know, like they've found that, you know, just like with the Borneos and like what, what you're doing with the, with the berms, like you just find that thing that catches your eye and you run with it. Uh -huh. Um, you know, like those are the people that I, I feel like you're seeing that have withstood the test of time, <laughs> so to speak. Right. You know, because I think we've all been in it long enough to to know a handful of people that have been like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, balls deep in this project and sink all this money. And then two years later, they're like, oh, I'm oh. getting out of it. You know, this was a waste right. of money, waste of time. Um, so I, I really I commend that. Like, I know for me uh, now, that's that's where I've really been able to focus my own collection of ball pythons is like i want to see this and the the coolest kinds of these and that's you know that's where I, i'm finding my truest happiest self with multiple projects that i'm working on because i have too many snakes but uh, <laughs> um, yeah but uh but yeah i i think really like we have to really start kind of promoting that you got to get into it because you like it. Yes. Not because there's an opportunity to make money, you know, because regardless, the, the, the industry is, is gaining popularity at an amazing speed, you know. So whether you're producing a, a clutch of single gene pastels or a clutch of, you know, Pompeii, blah, 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 uh, you'll be able to sell that animal. You mm -hmm. know, you, right. you might have to sit on it a little while, but, you know, if, 
if you are happy with what you're producing, you like what you're working with, then there shouldn't be anything better than that. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I think about that uh, that caramel sunfire retic I got from you, and man, yes, I sir. I can't open that bin enough. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that snake just screams every amount of perfection to me, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is just one of the coolest retics ever. And man, like, for for me, like my thought process is like I'm already I'm already like I know exactly what I want to do with that animal and make like. The, in my in my opinion, some of the coolest potential combos, you know, just getting into something like Orange Ghost Stripe and seeing where that yeah. that can go, you know, I'm like, that's where I'm like, ah, I'm gonna have way too many retakes when this project is said and done. <laughs> well, you know that you touch on something that's just it's huge, and and maybe not just in reptiles, in life in general, like you have to do what fires you up, because uh, you know yeah. this is it's kind of a, a grind in a sense. Like I wake up at uh three 30 every morning and um, yeah, I clean for about an hour and it's every day, mm. but it's things that I'm really excited. Like you said, to open that tub and, and to clean all that poop and meat, right. It's just, if you really love it, you don't get burned out. Yeah. If you really love it and you're, and you're just chasing what fires you up and that may be a Borneo. Uh, it may be, you know, something obscure, that you know isn't really mainstream but if that's what fires you up you'll be able to do it day in day out see it through you'll be excited every day um and and that's where you know if people are chasing money or hey this is hot right now that's fine but if you're just doing what you love the money will follow you yeah. right yeah. because you're chasing your deal so you're if it's something you're fired up about okay then you're going to put more effort into it more excitement into 100%. it and, and if you're doing it for the money then the money doesn't come then you're frustrated and you don't get it but if you're doing what you love and the money doesn't come it doesn't matter because you love it fine i'll keep them all yeah. i love yeah. these things right and eventually the buyer will come or whatever um but i think that's key and you know i talked a little bit on how i kind of took over this collection um of, of somebody who was incredibly selective the best of the best and there's some of these animals that i have that i picked up because of something I saw or some product I wanted to do that are just significant notches below some of the stuff I've, I've acquired. Um, and I find myself gravitating to mine more than some of these higher end ones because mm. I didn't pick that. I didn't buy into that. That wasn't my project. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah. hundred percent. That really yeah. opened my eyes. Cause I have some, you know, you know, like I said, got some really high end stuff and, some of those I'm not as fired up about as ones that I've grown up or one that, because when you buy one, you're thinking like, okay, here's what I want to do with it. Here's this. And you just have this kind of emotional attachment to it. Mm -hmm. So you keep that to the snake and, and everything that you're doing with it. Whereas if you just like, Hey, this is hot right now. And you get it because it's hot. You may not Now that may fire you up. And so you may have that attachment because it's hot, but at the same time, if you're just doing what you like, a, a Borneo, which I think there's like, what, six or seven of us that like Borneos, that might be eight <laughs> now. But, you know, like, if that's just what you like, you're going to put all this into it, and, and you're, you're going to reap the benefits of that. Yeah. Uh, so I think yeah. that's a huge point that you made, you know. you gotta you got to really chase what, what you like um, and, and what excites you, and you'll be able to do it for a long time. Uh, and if something's burning you out, it's because you don't love it as much. So, you yeah. know, move on from that project and say what keeps you engaged. A hundred percent. And, and, and even to, to piggyback on that, you know, like when, when I was, um, when I was teaching, um, music full time, 
and I, you know, I would have students who, you know, as they were progressing on their instrument, they were like, oh, you know, I, I want to upgrade from a student model horn. You know, it's generally very inexpensive, whatever. They want to upgrade to that next level horn. And they would always say, you know, well, what, what do you recommend? And, you know, of course, as the teacher, I'll offer my recommendation. But one of the things I would also say, too, is, you know, you've, you've got to go to a music store or, you know, I can recommend a music store to go to. But you've got to actually, like, try out some horns and you've got to fall in love with the horn. Right. And you've also got to ask yourself, you know, if I get this horn, is it, you know, is the sound I'm getting out of that horn going to make me want to open up that case and practice every day? Yes. You know, uh -huh. and like, if you're just going to be like, eh, you know, I'll get to it versus like, man, I can't wait to like get on my horn today and, and, and you know, play this thing, whatever. Um, and to, I, amazingly but also it didn't totally shock me all that much they they didn't know how to take that response mm -hmm. because we're we're often so force-fed this this is what you need to do it's right. just this you can't deviate from this you know like uh i know for myself personally when i was you know coming up in in trumpet land um you know, my, my teachers recommended, okay, you get this brand of horn, you want this model, you want this. And it wasn't until I was in college that I was really like, okay, man, like I'm, I'm really starting to do this for myself and I have an idea of what I want and it's not what I've got right now. You know, right. and it, it wasn't until I talked with somebody uh, who was invested in it that I could talk to and be like, this is what I want out of my horn that they were like, I've got exactly what you're looking for. Come try it. Mm -hmm. And you know, like I tell my students, I was never a gear junkie until I was in college because yeah. that's when I was able to like figure out all the nuances of what made a horn sound a certain way. Right. Why when I did this, it did this, you know, and then it was like, hell yeah, man, I can't wait to grab this horn every day. You know, um, that mirrors the, the, the reptiles in those projects. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. When I say it's a grind, it's not if you love it. I can't wait to yeah. get up and clean these things. Right. Exactly. But it, because it's what you want to do. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's a, that is exactly the same thing. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's it's amazing, the, you know, the similarities we can, we can bring in from one one walk of life to another. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a lo a lot of people have asked me like when I went from obviously again teaching music full time to coming up to work at Nerd, people were like, man, like isn't that such like a crazy life shift? And I'm like, well. Not really. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously it, it, I'm not playing trumpet for eight hours a day. So my face isn't numb, you know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but, um, I, I, I love what I do, yeah. you know, like I have a passion that's been driving me for X amount of years already, you know, so it's, it's nothing new. All, all I'm doing is, is shifting a little bit more of my focus from one aspect to the other, but right. the, the get up and go is still the same. You know, that passion is still the same, yep. you know, and, I, I still work as a musician, so it's not like I had to give one up. Yeah. You know, if I had to give one up, maybe maybe I would feel a little bit differently, but I, I'm lucky enough where I didn't have to give one up for the other. Um, right. You know, so it really is just get up, go. Like, let's, let's mm -hmm. do this. Yep, excited to take it on. And, you know, another cool thing about the reptiles is, you know, you, you take you, Jeremy, and Rob, and myself, we're probably three different kind of guys. But mm -hmm. we do have a, like a synergy between us and, and the reptiles is that commonality. And you start to find, like, I don't know anything about music. I'm horribly musically talented. But <laughs> as you were describing that, I got every bit of what you were saying, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, there's so many, like you said, the nuances 
of, of outside things that bring us kind of all together in this, um, you know, whether, whether it's like kind of like the working out stuff with me, uh, a lot of the similarities there or, you know, me and you can, I don't know, again, kind of have that synergy with two totally opposite things, but the reptiles bring it together. And I'm like, dude, I totally get it. Trumpets. Yeah. Gotta make your sound. I get it. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. But I have no idea. Hell yeah. But I know what you mean, but I have no idea. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Oh man. So I got to ask just for my own selfish desire, uh, what got you into the, the caramel retic stuff? Was that just like one of those things that just kind of fell in your lap too? Or was that like a, I, I like this project. I want to work with this project. Both. Both. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so definitely the, just the color and, and as yours ages. And by the way, if we can pause for a minute, thanks for that plug saying how nice. Oh, hell yeah. You got for me was <laughs> very nice. I'm more available by the way, but anyway, <laughs> um, the, the color on those, yeah. when they get older, it's, it's, I mean, it's caramel. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, there's a purplish brownish yellowish. And so when I saw that, um, and, and then again, one of the coolest things about the retics, uh, I think one thing that makes them so diverse if, for a breeder and, and for projects and stuff is the compatibility of all the uh, albinisms. Mm. Um, and so, uh, with the caramel and the orange glow, and then you have the, the mocha and the machino and the, you know, the purples and the whites, so you can just put it all together. But, yeah. um, so kind of taking the, that darkness to another level is what really made me like it. Um, and then, uh, so John had them, so I'm eyeing his like crazy. And then, mm. so then I had the opportunity to, uh, so they did kind of fall in my lap, but I was actually, uh, drooling over them for a minute. Um, so luckily I got the whole, uh, kit and caboodle with that one. Hell um, yes. Yeah. So there's just, you know, I'm, a am also like, I, you know, I'm kind of mentioned with the ball pythons, like just do kind of fly under the radar type stuff. Uh, I love the genetic stripe with the mm -hmm. genetic, with the retics. Uh, yes. some people, I think it's one of those things where like you, they're just like fascinated and completely 1000% engaged in it. Or you're like, Oh, it's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, and so I love them. And so really that's where the caramel kind of came in. I was like, okay, we need to get that in the, in the G stripe, um, mm. and really darken that up. So yeah, that's kind of where that came into play. All right, so I'm saying it now on the podcast. When you make caramel G-stripes, you have my number. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. Deal. You'll be the first to know. Dude, I'm, I'm looking at the picture of that lavender sunfire genetic stripe, and I'm not crazy about right? retics or retic morphs, but that thing glows. Like, absolutely crazy, right? glows. It's a, Blew it's my mind. Gorgeous. Hell yeah. That's uh, That was really the retic project i'm doing air quotes because i got so my brother gave me a purple male which is mm -hmm. just classic right you can't go wrong with it it's an incredible animal and then he had i don't know i had it he, uh for some reason he had got a uh a female white sunfire head g-stripe hmm. and so i you know took he gave me those and i was like well, what's this g-stripe and i was like whoa that's pretty neat and so i picked up a male and this that girl just she never cycled she never cycled and this this year um, I was cleaning her and I, I took a picture and I sent it to my brother. I said, Sonny, uh, I think she's cycling. And he's like, really? She just had this look. And so anyway, I put her in and put a male in. So I put the male in there for two seasons and she, she wrapped them up one time, man. I was like, Lord, have mercy. Let me get you out of here. <laughs> and, uh, so anyways, uh, five minutes later, they're locked up. And so I was like, okay, you know, we'll finally get to see what this looks like. So Rob, I appreciate your appreciation of it because I didn't know, 
it was going to turn out that nice. And it, it is. It really did. <laughs> yeah. That and thing I, I, uh, I did, uh, I got, I think I got four, uh, four, three lavenders and the one Sunfire lavender G-stripe and, uh, and they ain't going nowhere. No, yeah. I, I wouldn't, <laughs> yep. man. Those things are silly. And I'm just picturing yeah. them at like 10 feet and they're going right? to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank uh, you, by the way. Yeah. I walked that line of like, I don't know whether to say thank you, but I must fired up as you. I'm like, yeah, right. It's cool. It is but cool. Like, Absolutely. No, don't. You should. You should toot your own horn. That thing's freaking right? amazing. Hell yeah. Yep. Just like I drew it up. I planned it the whole time. Yep. There it is. <laughs> the master plan. Right. Yeah. Instead of coming out, I was like, what in the world is happening? Yeah. <laughs> like bask in the revenants. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, have there been any other things that you hatched out that have like really just like got you like that where you're like wow this thing is as good as i was expecting it to be so yeah so really with um the retic the first retic clutch i had um so again with the albinisms being compatible it, it opens up a lot of opportunity for variety within a clutch so i did um it was a platinum mochino so the Mochino, if you don't know, or if my listeners doesn't know it, it's mocha and either uh, white or purple. Well, this one's white. Mm. Uh, and then I did it to a lavender, which is purple and white, motley. And so anyways, getting to the point, um, that whole clutch, I only hit um, like two. There's All right, so there was two of two things. That makes sense. The yeah. rest was I just had one of it. And so that one – that one was incredible. So it's like you had this idea, oh, I'd be cool if I made that. And it's like, oh, got it. And then it's like, well, no way I'd hit that. Oh, got it. So it was like, I think I had like 25 and there was like 20 different varieties in it. Wow. Um, so that one was really fun. And then, um, so it's one of those where you open the tub like, whoa. And then you open that was like, whoa. How about <laughs> that one? Whoa. Because there's nothing of the same. Yeah. And then after they have their shed, they look way better. And then, uh, you know, retakes get brighter as, as they grow. And so it's like, Maybe I don't want to sell that one. Maybe I will keep that one. <laughs> I think I, I, I can't. I don't know. I might have six or eight of those still. Oh, just man, tucked yeah. away in the like, I'll decide later stack. Yeah. <laughs> that many, but, you know, might as well ride it out for a little bit. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I yeah, that one's pretty neat. Got some Borneos in that. I'll decide later stack. Yeah. You don't well, say, Rob. <laughs> and Rob, too, with the Borneos, you kind of have to because yeah. they look so different. They take what? Uh, a century to shed anyway. Yeah, <laughs> roughly, then, roughly. Yeah. <laughs> give or take. And then uh, they, their, their color develops so much over that, you know, six, eight months. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think, it, it, you know, at least, and I had a small clutch, but um, so I, I knew off the bat I wasn't going to sell it. I think I had uh, five. And um, so I was like, I'll just, you know, ride this out. And um, it's just like, they just kept changing color. Like, where's this coming from in the darks? Kind of bleed yeah. in gradually. Hell so yeah. yeah, I think you almost have to keep them for a year or so. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. and, oh if you're you're stacked like you are, you probably can afford to move some <laughs> after what you guys produce. Yeah, and you know, I I produced uh, three clutches of Borneos this year, and I'm looking uh-huh. at like I don't really want to let go that many of these. I mean, I've sold a couple, but I'm like. I really want to sell the rest of these that much i i like them a lot and i know that they're my f- marble clutch and my granite clutch have gone through their first sheds now and then my clutch that hatched first my blue go- blue ultra clutch they're just starting to go through their first sheds now and they're like five wow. months old now uh-huh. and i'm like 
okay, you guys need to hurry up because everyone else is already shed. Yeah. Now, if you rewind to before any of these things hatch, Rob I only, only wanted planned to, keep a to hold on to a couple, maybe four. Yeah. And, uh, words. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I just remember as <laughs> when he's like sending me pictures of stuff, I'm like, oh man, that's really cool. Oh man, that's really cool. He's like, I don't know how many I'm keeping now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, and it goes back to when we originally were talking about Borneos and how cool it is because there's so much opportunity and you just hatched out, you know, snake after snake. That's like, well, there's opportunity there. There's opportunity there. Where do mm -hmm. I go with this? Yeah, I, I'm really curious Killed to it. see where it goes. And, and especially with the, some of the stuff that I'm working with, um, I'm hoping that I can kind of nail things down a little bit more and, and really make some cool stuff because I'm not trying to run in the same line. Like I do want to make some marble stuff because I really like the marble stuff. Even yes. though, you know, Matt's doing his thing and there's a couple other people who have got marbles. Um, I really want to produce a, a little bit of those. And then some of the other stuff that I'm working with, I really, I see a direction that I can go in and I'm, I'm excited to see what the future holds. Well, for. as I've, you know, eyeballed your production, um, you see the, the marble and it's an oscillate ishness in there, but it's almost like, you have kind of hit on a little different angle. It's mm -hmm. like it pulls a little bit of what I've already seen, but there's a little something different going on there. Oh, yeah. It's unique. Yes. I, I just I love see that it. about him. Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking I, about. I see what you're doing over there. <laughs> He's picking up what I'm putting down. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so are you tempted by any other projects to get into, like any other species, or are you trying to just like keep it, keep it in your lane and, and just do what you're doing? Uh, yeah, so – Yes, that was all inclusive. Um, yeah, so <laughs> there, there, yes, there's other uh, species, but I'm also trying to say, Matt, dial in and make sure you, you know, like you said, stay in your lane. Um, I would say one thing, uh, if it is, uh, it's an obvious drawback. I don't want to sound too negative, but with the with the retakes, they're big. Yes. Um, yeah. So there's only so many, mm -hmm. and so if you are working projects, you have to be pretty dialed in on that project especially if you're wanting to depth in it like we talked about with uh you know taking one gene and just making it better and better and better mm -hmm. so there's only so far you can go like i said you know i say so that g-stripe clutch did i say i don't think i've sold any from it <laughs> and it was like 15 babies um, yep. so i'm just kind of watching them um i'll sell some of them so anyways so that at some point those are going to get bigger, like we talked about in the beginning, right? These are going to be big snakes. So <laughs> uh, there's that realization. So okay, you know, w would it be better to, um, you know, dial this in and just work your G stripe stuff, and then bring in other opportunities? Um, so again, that's you know that's where I picked up um, the, those uh, Bolivians, you know. So that's something I might want to look at. Um, especially it's really cool. Those haven't been able to be imported since the '80s, so mm -hmm. you know there's limited stock. So whatever we can do to kind of preserve that. Mm -hmm. um so yeah so i'm always looking um you know this like this i'm a lifer so it's not one thing that got me into it it was dinosaurs so that's obviously pretty vague so um, <laughs> yeah i just kind of like them all and then that's kind of how i got the borneo so i had been eyeing them for a minute and then um just wasn't really sure you know what to do and there's uh a girl who had bought some berms from me here and she had gotten a super stripe from uh matt and she had to you know make some some moves and so i ended up i was like well let me get this one and see if i enjoy keeping it 
Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed keeping it. And uh, so that's when I started. I was like, all right, well, let's run this. Let's get in and get some more. And so that's kind of where I'm at uh, with the boas. Picked up those. Then we'll see if I enjoy that. That's where I, how I got some bull snakes, you know. Uh, let's see if these are fun to keep. And it turns out they're really fun. I think the catch to that little strategy, though, is they're all really fun to keep. So you never really <laughs> cut yourself off. <laughs> it's yeah. spreading. It's spreading. So, uh yeah, I think you asked uh, projects and if I'm going to stay in my lane, and I think I didn't answer, but I kind of answered. <laughs> <laughs> that's we didn't really that's... Re- resolution that. I just said a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. which that's is a fair. fair answer. Yeah, that's fair. It's totally yeah, fair okay. answer. Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> oh man. So all right. So we're rounding out the our 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 time, uh, but before we go, uh, we ask everybody one question. And that question is, what in the realm of reptile, be it something in your own collection or something you're witnessing online because that's all COVID allows us to do is be online, um, what in the realm of reptile has you excited about reptiles? Wow. Um, what in the... All right. So if, if I may, mm-hmm. yes. if this, this applies, um, this right now, what we're doing, it, it really excites me, right? Because here we get an opportunity. It's Friday night. Uh, I usually clean snakes or, you know, just watching TV. And here we are getting to hang out with you guys, talk snakes. Yeah. It's been very pleasant and, and uh, not forced or fake. It's just us chatting just it up. Chilling. And that's yeah. what excites me about it, right? Making those yeah. connections. Just, yeah, right? Yeah. And like, like I said, kind of probably three different dudes, but we're, we're here together and, and it's just kind of flowing, a lot of synergy and just – a really enjoyable conversation and that's what kind of reptiles does you know um got we got george is a pretty tight-knit group and uh so we have go down to my buddies who do friendsgiving every year and it's these snake breeders and um that's awesome so we all just hang out right and it's just yeah. it, it kind of pulls people together that you know otherwise may not be and uh so i've built some good relationships and i rob i don't even know how we started chatting it up Borneo's obviously, but yep. I don't know. I, sl- I slid in your DMS or something. Um, and then, you know, I, one night I have, I wake up and I say, did I just dream that me and Rob were herping? Why, why does that happen? <laughs> so, uh, it, and it was very vivid. I don't know what we caught, but I, Apparently, for some reason, I only remembered you, and that's really weird. I don't mean to make it awkward. Yeah. But... <laughs> we're, we're out there. We're doing it. You know, we're catching things. It's not It's not always about finding things. It's about getting out there and having fun with the people that you're looking well, with, honestly. The, the fellowship, right? Yeah. And whether it's real or subconscious, it happened. And even uh, – so, Jeremy, I didn't I didn't know who you were. You're messaging me about um, snakes. And you know how these messages go sometimes. Yeah. Some yep. interesting ones. But I just remember thinking – this is honest truth. It's like – like that's pretty cool you know that we it just flowed and it's yeah. pretty funny you're like well I'll sleep on it but marinate on it anyways it just was pretty smooth so anyways what excites me about it i think just in the realm or uh it's it's the fact that we can do things like this and it's it's natural you know yeah, i don't yeah. know yeah that makes sense i'm with it oh yeah 100 yeah and this has been a lot of fun and, and i don't know that we'd ever talk otherwise but you know here it True. is brought us together and Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'll make a really quick deviation. When I was messaging you about the about all that caramel stuff, I was like, I'm like sitting at the airport and I'm like, I have to board this plane. I hope I hope that snake is still going to be there <laughs> when I land because there's no Wi-Fi on this damn flight. <laughs> I was like, man, I got you. Just you know, sleep on it, marinate. You know, we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I was like, I landed and I was like, let's go, bro. Right now. Let's go. <laughs> oh, and then uh, you 
uh, you know, sometimes you ship out these incredible snakes and people take a picture. Luckily, you, I don't know what algorithm you have where you found the exact <laughs> position of the sun and the season in which to take the most perfect video of this thing. So I appreciate that. Yeah, that's pretty oh, most, most definitely, man. We have to practice. Oh, yeah, we have to practice taking good photos. Otherwise, <laughs> like, otherwise Kevin gets it. mad. Yeah. <laughs> but Sometimes yeah. I send a uh, snake to somebody and they take a picture. It's like, oh, come on, man. Why'd you take that on the dark side of the moon? Right, you know, right. Oh, nice <laughs> uh, but you nailed it. Oh, man. Well, thank well, you, man. <laughs> oh, man. So if people want to find out more about you and if they maybe want to pick your brains or like see what you got available where should they look you up on social media and otherwise yeah so uh facebook or instagram i'm probably a little more active on instagram um peace state pythons hell yeah that's it um yeah that's that's really it uh school asked for a number but uh, i don't know if i use that a number very often anymore nah. it's all nah. social media so yeah, so yeah true. Hit me up there Sweet. Sounds good, man. Cool. It's been awesome talking to you. We're going to have Hell to have yeah. you on again. Uh, thank you very much for your time tonight. Yeah, appreciate y'all. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Take most care. definitely. Have a good night. Right. See y'all.